So immediately, the very first thing we should do is is a content warning for this movie. It, it's a lot. It's a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> if if it has a lot of the the sex and um, violence, there's some incest. There's some child death. Uh, there sure is. There is also some assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is. You know, I don't think any dogs get hurt. No, I, th- I don't think there are any dogs, were there? No. There are horses. The if horse you, is fine, though. But the horse is fine. If you don't like horses, though, <laughs> skip it. Uh, let's see. Um, if you're squeamish about sexual words, like, come, uh, probably skip this one. I'm squeamish about you saying come that way. <laughs> That's the only way I know how. Uh, if you're squeamish about giant death marble walls that slowly chop off heads as they move towards you. No, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'll probably skip this one. Aside from that, uh, I also want to put a disclaimer that this happened in the year 19. So the <laughs> <laughs> Caligula was born in the year 19. Uh, so the, the historical accuracy of this episode is questionable. Sure. Uh, we're not historians, no, Jack. We're film historians. <laughs> yes, there was no film in the year 19. That, I can't prove otherwise. <laughs> that aspect will be great. Um, whether or not Caligula made his horse a priest, we cannot confirm nor deny that. I will accept it as truth, though. Great. Uh, and then the last disclaimer before we hop in is my voice is slowly going. So uh, if at any point you just stop hearing me and Joe starts talking... I'm dead. <laughs> and, and so if the episode devolves into me frantically calling an ambulance, you know why. Hey, welcome to Drazzled. The podcast takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host Jack Colberton, here to suffer alongside me as always, as also host Joe Neelis. I've existed from the morning of the world, and I shall exist until the last star falls from the night. That was a a quote. Uh, we yeah, have a, yeah, they did it on purpose. A double, doubly extra special episode for you today. Not only are we joined by Antonio of the Cult Worthy Podcast, but we're diving back into a gold star territory with the infamously perverse film 1979's Caligula, Drazzled. We fix porno now. <laughs> just what just what you've always wanted. <laughs> now my mom's going to be proud of me. Um <laughs> Before we get into exactly what that means, let's introduce today's guest. Uh, hi. <laughs> hey. Um, yeah, it's me. It's Antonio back on the show. And seriously, I thought you guys liked me. I really did. I thought this was a welcome invitation. See, this Being is the- just drawn into y'all's bosoms and... <laughs> This is the one that you brought me on to. So uh, that's that's the problem with being friends with us is that sometimes we we get hurt this way. We we live in the shit and if you want to hang out with us you're going to get shit on you. Literally. 
<laughs> literally, 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 figuratively, and mm. uh, for real though. Whenever I was we, Joe and I came up with this concept of one, one for me, one for you. Uh, back when we were came up with, I mean, borrowed from another podcast. Maybe, maybe, yeah. But... Uh, when we were a little bit more strict with the format of the podcast, I'm like, you know, I really want to be able to do other movies that are bad that are not strictly related to the Razzies. And I want to cover own excuse to watch Caligula because I've never seen to watch Caligula. That, right. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Joe, you pick one. I'll pick one. I'm doing Caligula. Do you think Antonio would want to do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you should be flattered. He thought right. you right away. <laughs> I, I thought of Caligula and then you were the immediate next thought. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. And based off my response in that text thread, my response was, are you fucking kidding me? Like there was another podcast that asked me to do this movie with them because really? literally no one else wanted to do it. Either <laughs> oh because God. they had seen it and they're just like, nope, I don't want to even go that direction. Or they knew enough about it to be like, no, I'm fine with not seeing that film. And I mean, guys, I watch porn. Everyone watches a little <laughs> right. porn now and then. If I took... All the porn I've seen in my life and added all of the erections I've seen in my life mm-hmm. in porn, we wouldn't even scratch the surface of the amount of erect penises in this film. And I had yeah. to watch it like on a Tuesday <laughs> in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> See, I saved it for the Lord's Day. <laughs> Joe, you did lose count of the penises almost immediately. I, did you I, have a tracker? I, I was trying to count and literally I texted Jack. I was like, I lost count like three it. minutes in. I can't. There's so There's many. So many cocks. It's cocks. ridiculous. Well, and you have to do like, you have to break them down by category. You have to go by Flaccid, erect, mm-hmm. half direct, half flaccid, cut, Moist. uncut. Ah. There's a, a bloody, wide... not bloody, dry, not dry. Like seriously, there are so many different categories a, of penis a, in this movie. A, a wide, diverse <laughs> array of penis. It's one just <laughs> fantastic and terrible. So now that we have the audience intrigued <laughs> by this movie, they've uh, stopped listening. They're watching the movie right now. <laughs> They're like really? They've pulled it up on Pornhub already. <laughs> God, Is that why didn't you I look it? there? What? I'm like, why didn't I? Why didn't I check there first? It's before probably I there. I mean, there it's was probably there. Yeah, probably is there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, I imagine they did eventually finally get around to taking down the the recording of Hamilton that was on there, but this I imagine is still there. <laughs> uh, when I was doing research, I found a list of like 20, 25 different cuts of this film. Um, there are that many yeah. cuts. Well, Jesus. It's, mm-hmm. It's that, and it's also like every minor cut that they they did. Oh, they okay. Um, I did not see the Pornhub cut though. <laughs> <laughs> the all dicks cut. Uh, wonderful. Hey, uh, we're gonna play a little game called Pavlovian Horses. Um, God, I can't wait. Uh, instead of providing a highly descriptive summary full of quips, we're going to play a game called Pavlovian Horses, wherein I'll have five minutes to summarize the movie and not a second more. When the timer hits five minutes, Joe will blast me with horse noises. Horses. If Caligula is to be believed, they make excellent senators and wonderful lovers. I agree with half that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote a horse to the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't. Could do worse. Uh, before we do that, though, Joe's going to remind you of something. 
Oh, yeah. If you haven't already, please rate and review the show everywhere you possibly can uh, so that more people can discover us uh, and get us into their ear holes. Uh, please do that on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Please and thank you. Fantastic. All right. Antonio, I've done this. I rehearsed this twice and just made it both times. So we'll see. Okay. I believe in you. Okay. Three, two, one, go. There are many versions of Caligula, some lost to the sands of time. For this episode, I will be discussing the unrated, uncut version. What you need to know for this cut is that Caligula was mostly made by one filthy pervert who shot some softcore porn. Then a second filthy pervert was pissed at the lack of common penetration. And so he added an hour of hardcore to liven things up a bit. We open on Caligula and Drusilla frolicking through the woods, clearly in love. Their dancing becomes sexual and the camera work becomes gynecological. This carries over to the bedroom where brother and sister catch up on the gossip of the day. Their incest is interrupted by Praetorian guard, Macro, who informs Caligula that his uncle, Emperor Tiberius, has summoned him to Capri, uh, yeah, Capri, his fortified sex island where the real-life Emperor Tiberius uh, spent his days gratifying himself with miners and yeeting traitors off a cliff. Um, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Uh, <laughs> for unknown reasons, Caligula is hesitant to go. Page down. Uh, at the <laughs> At the island of Capri, uh, Caligula and Tiberius have a political conversation, the details of which I can't quite remember because their little uh, West Wing chat happens in like a James Bond villain style. Grotto. Grotto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the hardcore porn and tyrannical torture begins here. Uh, take note, I'm not going to stop to comment on the porn every time the porn happens. So just assume, assume that like, all day. <laughs> every five minutes or so, the porn's happening. Anyway. Tiberius tries to poison Caligula, who tries to poison Dramillus, uh, uh, the other heir to the throne, which puts Caligula on a path to assassinate Tiberius, but Caligula doesn't have the nerve, so Macro assassinates Tiberius for Caligula, and Nerva, figuring he's probably going to get assassinated himself eventually, does the sensible thing and assassinates himself. Himself. Uh, Caligula is crowned the new emperor. Caligula is betrothed to Mary, uh, Macro's wife. Um, it's it's this whole thing for the sitting emperor to kind of like cuck one of his buds uh, and steal a wife. Um, don't worry about it. Caligula wants to marry his sister lover, so he uh, snitches on Macro and then banishes Macro's wife slash his almost wife uh, elsewhere. With that out of the way, Caligula gets ready to marry Drusilla. However, Drusilla knows that people will yuck their yum uh, and pushes him to marry a priestess of Isis. Caligula picks the slutty one, Dame Helen Mirren. Uh, he continues to make his sister jealous by assaulting a couple on the day of their wedding, humiliating the husband with a handful of vanilla ice cream, icing and topping off his anal cupcake with a, a begonia. Um, <laughs> here, the order of events gets hazy as the two versions that I watched, plus the actual historical events, historians disagree on what actually happened. So prepare yourself for like a murder pervert smoothie. Caligula becomes ill, but recovers. Then Drusilla becomes ill and dies. His sanity already teetering on the edge. He wanders through town only to see a skit mocking his love for his dead sister. Like any logical person, Caligula fucking hates skits and gets arrested when he tries to break that shit up. In prison, he meets a fellow pervert and a magician. Onto the orgy. 
Uh, Caligula <laughs> orders that all of the senator's wives and daughters are to become sex workers on his indoor fuckboat. This is porn. You're watching porno. Let's wash this porn down with some brutal scenes of war. Just kidding. They forgot to tell the Britons that they were warring that day and no one showed up. <laughs> no one got the memo. <laughs> Caligula claims victory, returning to Rome with Papyrus Cain to prove it. As fun as all this is, Caligula finally takes things too far when he tries to balance the national debt by having all the senators' wealth revert back to Rome upon their death. Finally, a plan I can get behind. <laughs> but, you, but you can probably guess how well that went. Um, Caligula, Helen Mirren, his magic buddy, and their child are rehearsing a play. They take five. Caligula utters the magic word scrotum, and they are immediately assassinated. What a last word. <laughs> it was almost his last word. It was so close. Uh, <laughs> most upsetting is that Incatartus, Caligula's beloved high priest, senator, horse, arrives just after the assassination or the, either too late to stop the assassination or too late to join in the end. 30 seconds remaining. You have, <sighs> I you, have you have beaten the horses, Jack. <laughs> nice. Very good. Okay. Also, now, that was not that, that was that was like fuck Crisco that he was using to lube up that ass, right? <laughs> like that was not vanilla, yeah. vanilla ice. It was a bucket of lard. It was lard. It was lard. It was That's right. Crisco lard. in the year 19. It it looked like mashed potatoes. <laughs> Big fluffy. So, you know, the funny thing, Terrible. Jack, is you could have said anything, any assortment of words, and thrown the word penis, vagina, scrotum, and horse in there, and it still would have made sense. Like, it would have. You, you would not Honestly. have been wrong. <laughs> now, it's a very long movie, and a lot happens, and as long as you mention genitals, yeah, it's probably in there. I am, I am glad that you mentioned that the fuck boat was indoors. Right. Well, I don't want to confuse people. I, what, what a choice. Well, were... I think it was indoor for outdoor. Like, I think that was budgetary. I didn't think they had a, a oh, body of water that. to shoot it on. Oh, guys, I've already delved in this movie in multiple ways. And since one of you is a theater major, you should recognize game when game is present. <laughs> yep, that was fucking stagecraft <laughs> beyond stagecraft. Like, Sorry, that they, they, was it, Big River before <laughs> Big River, right? <laughs> They, they didn't have the budget to make it look really good because of all the fluffers on set. Well, I mean, so we need this a is second boat for the fluffers. <laughs> guys, 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 guys. Every set in this film in like the last two acts could be straight from the Muppet show. It, think of I all the little that same windows. I, <laughs> think of all the little entrances and doors. Get rid of the soldiers and have like a furry monster pop up and brr, you've got the Muppet show set. Just imagine, we could do this. Just imagine them <laughs> go, going off to war and then Sweetums running behind them. Like, Guys, wait for me. That's a cut. I think that's in the cut. That's one of the cuts that exists. <laughs> the Muppet cut. Right. Baby Muppets. Yeah. The Jim Henson cut. Mm, yum. Uh, and any Anything of importance I miss plot wise. Yes, everything. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to touch a little bit more on the on the uh, the existence of British papyrus? No. Nope, fine. No, I did. There was a, a couple of scenes. We'll talk about the individual scenes, but I do think it's important to note that there was a scene where Malcolm McDowell was in bed with a horse. Yeah, he, would, he wasn't feeling well, so he had to snug his buddy. Right. <laughs> Just... uh, yeah. And I don't I don't know if either of you watched any of the behind the scenes stuff, but that horse was tranquilized. 
to to chill out because it's in right. bed with Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, it would have to be. That right? didn't matter though because it's still a fucking horse, and I've never seen a grown man move so fast <laughs> <laughs> when that horse bucks to like get up. Poof, oh, gone. Yeah. Oh, I'd be, there's a cloud I, of smoke. I, I'd, I'd put a Looney Tunes esque hole in the wall to get away from that. <laughs> uh, th- so, Antonio, did you listen to any of the com- audio commentaries? No. <laughs> so, I I knew that you would do all the work, and I allowed yeah. you to do all the work. <laughs> I watched Fantastic. the movie again. I showed up at seven. Smart my man. time. Your that's time. My, that's my role. That's my job. You, I'll let you, you did do good. all the research. Wise, wise choice. <laughs> so there's there's commentary with Malcolm McDowell, and he talks about that scene with the horse. He doesn't mention that he ran away. Uh, what right. he does mention is that horse kicked one of the trainers, and he never saw that man again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, did that man die? He might have died. He, says he asked someone, he, the other trainer's like, so like, what happened to the other guy? And he's like, oh, he's in the hospital. <laughs> I mean, from a horse kick? Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that would happen. So... Uh, I'm going to leave you with the words before we cut the break. I'm going to leave you with the words of this movie's producer, Bob Guccione. What a name. He said this multiple times, quote, this is not pornography. This is paganography. I'll see you after break. Paganography? Paganography. God damn it. (laughs) Hey, welcome back. Let's talk about some stats. (laughs) Uh, Antonio. Yeah. What do you think Caligula has on the tomato meter? <laughs> I'm going to say, because I didn't look. I knew you were going to do stats. <laughs> right. I don't like to look at that stuff. I'm going to say it's got a 57. Ooh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> much lower. Am I l- much lower. Yeah. Okay. Lower. Joe? Um, I'm going to go to 23. 22. Ooh. Yeah. Close. Uh, how about the audience score, Antonio? See, there's a lot of perverts out there, so I'm going to say a 65 on that one. Yeah, but it's a really long movie, so it's lower. Oh, we live it, in man. the you year know, of know. MCU, where three-hour movies are just the expected. That's true. That's true. I can't imagine like a three-hour Secret War dick cut. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, 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 that and the cat's butthole cut. Anyway, Joe, what do you think? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to guess sixty nine, but obviously it was lower. I can't do that. You, you can still guess sixty. No, it's the, okay. the magic's gone. Um, oh God, um, forty five, thirty eight, thirty. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Critic and audience not that far apart. No, no, they. This movie brought people together and. Their mutual hatred. And I'm sure it brought someone together. <laughs> uh, They're all on Amazon, actually. <laughs> because Amazon, it's got a 4.3 out of 5. Really? No! Are you fucking kidding Wait, me? Wait, what? Out of 5? I was like, oh, 4.3 out of 10. Yeah, that makes no, sense. No, out of 5. Wait a Amazon's minute. Amazon's 5 stars. Jesus Christ. 67% no! of Amazon's reviews are 5 stars. And Joe, before you get into your stats, I just have to read one review that I pulled up earlier that I just thought was fantastic. Oh, please do. So this five-star review from a guy named David, and this was just back in January, 
So excited to have this on Blu-ray. It is truly and <laughs> tremendously satisfying. I'd oh, actually no. like everything about this movie, and now that it's on Blu-ray, I can watch it on my 65-inch UHD flat-screen television to experience it in its ultimate form. A must-have indeed. You really is want this, that? Is, no, this is a weird targeted ad. This is native. Con- <laughs> this is native advertising for that TV. <laughs> it didn't yeah. give a brand name, bro. Ah, shit. <laughs> You really want that cum bowl to be nice and crisp and clear. Mm. Just gotta see that glisten. Uh, you can Mal- really, you can see every little glistening pore of Malcolm McDowell's fist. Oh God! Is is here a good place to mention these Zoom? The, the, zoom. the camera no, zoom? No, 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 no. Save that for later because okay. I have a whole piece on that. So yeah, save that for oh, later. Oh, fantastic! Oh, wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so last last score, score we'll cover is the IMDb score out of ten. Antonio, um, I'm gonna say five point five. Ooh, that's real close. I was gonna say knowing IMDb, it's close. gonna be yeah. like unreasonably high. Um, yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna say five point nine, five point three. Oh yeah, man. yeah. All right, now we're gonna make it uh, uncomfortable. What would you give it out of ten? Me first? Yeah. I'd you know what, guys? I'd give it a four. I'd give it a solid four. I was gonna say like a three point five, perhaps out of ten. Maybe maybe lower. Maybe maybe a th- maybe three point two. I don't know. Justification. The main <laughs> characters in this film, the leads, are doing really, really, really good work. Yeah. And that's the yeah. only reason why I would sit and watch this. But also, it is a, a curio of sorts. So, I mean, fuck, I might watch this again. I own it. I probably will watch <laughs> this again when some fucking loony asks me to do it for their podcast, and I say yes, like I did this I time. I mean, you've so. got to you've got to you've <laughs> got to complete that Caligula hat trick at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 4.9 out of 10. I don't want to know how that Did you ends. just, hold on, no, Jack, Jack, did you just sneak that in there? So yeah, did you say 4.9 4. 4. out of 10? I kind of liked it. God <laughs> damn it! We'll, we'll get into like the what worked and what didn't work, but uh, we'll do some foreshadowing. Sure. Oh gosh. Um, so this movie came out in 1979, as we mentioned, which is the year prior to the Razzies existing. Yes. Yes. It, it, it got in just under the wire for right, that nomination, right. which I fully imagine it would have been among the crop yeah. of the first Razzie nominees. Had they had, they had the opportunity. However, the stinkers existed. They did at the third stinkers, bad movie awards. Caligula, Caligula was nominated for two categories, worst picture and worst director. It lost both worst picture. It lost the Popeye. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, Justified. God, I've not oh. seen it as an adult. <laughs> it, it, it's bad, isn't it? I've also not seen it as an adult. Uh, I don't think I, I actually don't think I saw the whole thing as a child. I know I've seen portions of it though. Dude, no one's seen it all the way through as a child. <laughs> That's why they like it. It's That's like right, Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. I'm 42 years old and I've never seen it all the way through because I <laughs> fall asleep right in the fucking middle. So I really don't know how it goes, but what I've seen, I like. So. That's uh, why that was a very sad it gets like the nostalgia glasses. Watch that shit on repeat. Uh, worst director, <laughs> um, it lost to a movie I've never heard of, The Apple. The Apple? That yeah. was my last episode, guys. Oh, oh shit! Really? I mi- wait, I missed yeah. that one. How it comes out. One? It comes out. It comes out literally tonight. <laughs> oh shit! That's why. Okay. <laughs> so uh, 
This will come out not tonight. No. So <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> go back in time or in the present. You can just listen to it. Just yeah, it's it's right it up, now. See it. You yeah, can actually be there. stop listening to this episode. <laughs> just go, 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 go listen, listen to this episode. episode about the Apple. Yeah. This it's is the Apple versus Xanadu. It's oh. a face off. Oh, episode. okay. I do remember seeing you plug that. Okay. <laughs> That's another film I'm embarrassed that I like. Yeah, I honestly, sense, I honestly, I honestly liked Xanadu a little bit more than I expected to, but it was fun. It's fun but yeah. Anyway, um, so this is a real short portion because it didn't it didn't win any, it didn't didn't really yeah. go to any award stuff. So yeah, which that's fine. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Too bad AVN didn't exist back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, all right, God. We'll I'm back. sure would have cleaned up. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> welcome to making a martini up dry and straight to the point i am the host caleb viggles accompanied by my cfo scooter who is my dog and together we are bringing you the podcast education you never knew you needed sometimes more than you get in our own country's actual education system do the children of today learn about sex, Shakespeare, and race in school? I mean, maybe, but I sure didn't, and look what happened to me. I started a podcast. And is this really what you want for your children? No, it's fucking not. But I can guarantee that the children in school today don't learn about the Alien franchise, why Grease 2 is better than Grease, and certainly not the joys of Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, which you will learn here. And if you came here thinking this is going to be a podcast on how to make martinis and whatnot, well, you're almost right, because we are making cocktails. Cocktails for all occasions, including the classic dirty vodka martini, the pride teeny, and the bro knee, and more, typically accompanied by a knowledgeable guest, or at least someone who I think is knowledgeable and entertaining. And hey, you might think so too. I mean, what more could anyone with a thirst for knowledge and a thirst for vodka-based drinks want in their life? So join me with our bi-weekly themed cocktail as we take on numerous practical and crazy topics, have a laugh, and get straight to the point. I'm practically drunk just thinking about it. Make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and remember, please drink responsibly. Cheers. And welcome back. Hey, what works for Caligula? Let's talk about the casting. Uh, I mean, Antonio, you already touched on it a little bit that like the leads are do- are doing a pretty good job with like the material that they're given. Like uh, McDowell, I think, puts on a pretty entertaining performance in a number of fashions. There are some times where he goes maybe a little over the top for my taste, but <laughs> given what he's working with, I can't say I blame him. Well, this is where I think that Jack hopefully will agree with me on this. You know, this is essentially a bad high school production when it comes to performance wise. You've got you've got a bevy of people that don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just there. They're wearing the costumes. Some of them have to get their dicks out, but you have to rely on the consummate professionals that are the head of the show, especially McDowell. 
to carry literally the entire movie on their shoulders because I'm sure, as he probably heard in the commentary and I've read in, in the books about it and heard McDowell talk about it on podcasts, none of these people were actors other than the main cast. They were right. literally like people off the street. They were literally yep. Italian crew members, families and whatever, <laughs> local porn stars, prostitutes. Like literally there were no professionals on this set. So when you are the main guy, when you are Caligula, and you realize that you've got really probably no first or second AD to direct background. Background is just there yeah. waxing it. <laughs> you have to perform. You have to bring your most theatrical performance and hoping the camera catches you. And when we get to the, the cinematography of it later, that makes a lot more sense. But also, you know, all these big names, let's say Gilgood and O'Toole, Heron, uh, Helen Mirren's in it a little bit longer, but... These are like day player performances, right? Like they are there for two days, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And all that's at the beginning. And then Malcolm McDowell has to carry the next two hours and 15 minutes of screen time essentially on his own. So yeah, the, the cast does what it has to do. And being the concept of professionals they have, I have zero complaints with the main cast. That being said, I don't know any of the other cast, so... I can't really speak to what they're doing other than it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Malcolm McDowell tends to be a larger actor anyway. I mean, he, he goes very large here. The, the guy from A Clockwork Orange? <laughs> no. <laughs> but given the material, I think it's it's he he did well with how large he went. Uh, and I think that even the background people aren't great, but given that they didn't, many did not speak English. Not bad. I forgot about that. You did mention that before we went live. Yeah, that is a little bit surprising that even with that language barrier, there's yeah, uh, yeah there's they're able to really kind of you know make make things work. We're not talking about the the actors that don't work right now, but I think you have uh, Malcolm McDowell and you have I forget his name, the guy that was shaved head and has like the headpiece. Oh. um... Uh, but those, those two stole every scene for me. Like even with Helen Mirren there, she kind of just disappeared in the background a lot when those two were on screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't really have a, have a problem with the perform. Even the, the more subtle performances, I'm like, well, that's fine. I'm not really here to watch you anyway. I'm here to watch Caligula. I'm going to say something controversial. I think the horse did good. I think the horse did a good that's job. It's not controversial. It's uh, it's it's honest feedback. It's good. I mean, it maybe was, he had very good notes. I heard he was stoned in the one scene. You did, you did bring that up. <laughs> uh, Longinus was the character. Thank you. you yeah, Longinus. John Steiner is the actor's name. Yes. Great. What worked for you for the story? For me, I think that, I mean, we'll probably get into more of the details later when we talk about the production, but... You know, Gore Vidal, I'm sure, wrote a very interesting revisionist history version, as he always does, fixing in, you know, these Freudian complexes and Oedipus complexes that makes sense in the way that a story like this is written. And if we would have gotten that story, which it's now historically known that we didn't, I, I think there really could have been something in there. Like, let's not lie, there is a good movie in here. 
but it's it's really lost in the shuffle. So the fact that it is so long, you don't care about the parts that worked. And with all the different, you know, hands in the pot deciding, okay, well, this is a porn. No, this is a, a what did you say? A paganography? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that the people in the movie, like McDowell and Gilgood and O'Toole, I feel that they got onto this project thinking that they were doing Shakespeare, that they thought they were doing some kind of real historical fiction epic. And then they showed up and saw what they were in, and they're like, well, I'm already here. I'm already getting paid. Let's just get this over with. Well, because it, it wasn't. Shows. It shows. It, it wasn't originally Caligula by Bob Guccione, it was Gore Vidal's. Caligula. Caligula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his name carried a weight with it that, that got people to sign up. Thinking it was going to be a serious, uh, maybe even like a, a satirical look at American politics of the time. Um, yeah, much like Vidal is known to do. Right. And then you show up and Bob Guccione's bringing in porn stars. I mean – probably one of the best catfish games ever think about <laughs> right <it>. yeah <laughs> i mean you got helen mirren and sir john gilgood and peter o'toole to show up to be in your huh. porno like good game right? <laughs> oh my god it's it, it is a little bit buck wild to me um so uh, before we got started here antonio sent us over a uh, yeah. an episode of the the gilbert godfrey podcast <laughs> where he's interviewing Malcolm McDowell and that little that little bit where he's talking about how uh Gilgood like if at first said that he absolutely loved the movie and <laughs> like yeah. that he had seen it three times three times and paid yeah. twice <laughs> just he was and somebody had to pull him aside and be like no we need you to stop quit telling people you stop. like it so what do you what's wrong with you <laughs> uh Antonio what what cut did you watch um, I have what's called the Imperial Cuts. Yeah, I've got that DVD. That's what we watched so as well. But can I give you like a quick little two minute history of how I actually even became aware of this film? Please. Yeah. So I'm 12 years old. Oh, no. And we are staying at a friend's in law's house. It's this big ski lodge up in Sundance Ski Resort here in Utah. So big house gaudy art, gaudy furniture, blah, blah, blah. And we get like this whole downstairs to ourselves. And I open up this drawer under the TV and it is completely filled with porno. <laughs> and I'm talking like a Betamax porn. Like this is nice. old school. Wow. Like, yeah. So we're like jackpot. <laughs> we grab the first tape in the drawer and it's Caligula oh, no. on Betamax. <laughs> You had this treasure chest in front of you. And I'm telling you guys, I'm like, oh, cool. This is like Roman porn or something. These people are all in togas. This will be hot. We we put it in and obviously it doesn't start off with the porn right away. But then once it does, it is the least sexy porn. Yeah, that needs to be Anyone's ever seen. Like this is the least sexiest, sexy, whatever porn and we're 12. Like, at that point, we'll jerk off to anything. Right. <laughs> and for real, we're like, this is hurting my penis. Let's turn yeah, this yeah, off. This I don't even want to use it, you know. And we found a stewardess movie instead, and that worked. Nice. But I, 
I gotta say, man, like it fascinated me enough. It fascinated me enough that when I was like maybe 15 or 16 and I could still rent videos at the one store that had the beaded curtain and it was in there. I'm nice. like, well, I already started it. I may as well finish. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I should watch the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Like the first 20 minutes, you know, maybe it gets better. Maybe I didn't give it. It's like Jaws, you know, it starts off slow and it gets better halfway through, you know. Oh, like, no, nope. this just still makes my dick hurt. I don't like it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that you really know, needs so... to be said. This is not a movie that will make you aroused or it's unlikely to. I don't want to say that it's not someone's jam. Uh, okay, so I we... think it's a good way to know who your friends are. Like if you're yeah. watching this in a room of friends and if, if one of you gets up within 20 minutes to go to the bathroom, that's the guy you have to like not invite <laughs> anymore to your parties. Oh, Jerry can't come back. Uh, no, the, we can't. The cumble, huh? <laughs> we can't. Really? Well, he, he got... Oh, he got a little too wide-eyed at the cum bowl. Oh, no, no. <laughs> God. Uh, okay, so we've we've all watched the same We've cut all then. watched the okay. same cut, yeah. The unrated um, uncut version. Fantastic. <laughs> well, let's talk briefly about the themes. What worked about the, th- the themes of Caligula. <laughs> Please tell me, Jack. What themes do you uh, think worked with this movie? I think <laughs> the theme of betrayal worked. Hmm. <gasps> yeah. So betrayal in there. Yeah. Also it's, sex and death. Know, and uh, also sex and death. Yeah. Well, Cunnilingus. Yeah, well, it's, ancient, it's, also... <laughs> it's, ancient, it's ancient Rome, man. Like betrayal is just yeah. your bread and butter in ancient Rome. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, they're, okay, let's say classism. Let's say mm. political intrigue. You know, again, when you talk about ancient Rome, you are talking about the origin of you know, like he said, betrayal, you were talking about the origins of political intrigue that still mm-hmm. exist in different ways today. We're not, you know, making people drink a gallon of wine and then piercing them after they Ooh, get their dick cut. Not, yeah, that was, the whole, that was rough. I mean, maybe we'd be living in a better, you know, run country if we did do that once in a while. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, there'd be a lot less bullshit and gerrymandering, but... Uh, <laughs> That I think that there are themes that are relevant, you know, especially when you talk about the political thing. And also just the whole idea of like these these patriarchies and these these families, these bloodlines of royalty and how it's so fragile and how everyone wants power and everyone's willing to kill even their own brother and father and mother and son for it. Like that that is a, a lesson to be learned, I guess, of how things used to operate before real democracy was a thing. But the penises kind of take away the power, you know. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I wanted to know what version you'd watch because the uh, the Imperial Cut has two different versions. The second one being the quote unquote unreleased version, and it basically it's it's the same movie as the one you watched. They just took away the hardest hardcore porn parts and you you're not as distracted by the porno you can actually watch the performances you can see the story it's it's way more jarring because they didn't do a good job of removing these those parts it's just somebody like went in and took away that half a second of penetration so i'm i'm curious is like which parts they removed um the the hard quote unquote hardest thing that you see in that version is um 
the the spies that become distracted. Right. You had meant yeah. You had mentioned that the two spies yeah. back there uh, are are still just blowing each other. Right. Just right. Go, just going to town until McDonald's like get out of here. Woefully unprofessional. Right. Just terrible spies. <laughs> um. That was that. That was not a scene that was filmed by Bob Guccione. That was a, that was originally shot by oh, that, Tinto Brass. That was yeah. meant to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is very important to know. The spies got distracted and blew each other. Uh, <laughs> but and like the cumbles not there. Well, the cumbles there. It's just it cuts. <laughs> you before, don't get the close up. You don't get the close up of you, uh, you don't actually the money see shot. a guy just kind of release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You don't see any like P and V. Sure. But even just having that removed, even though I know it's there, I was able to not be, like, taken out of the story as much. Um, is the, like, extreme close-up on that one blowjob still in there? Which one? I which mean, one? You, you know, you know <laughs> which one. No. The one in, like, the last ten minutes? Like, the one, uh, the the one, one on the... one the, that uh, holds on way too long as they're getting the senator's wives to whore themselves? That one. Yeah, oh, that one. no, no, I don't believe so. Okay, I had a feeling that one wasn't in there. Is the, like, weirdly placed... Why are you asking where <laughs> our I... blowjobs are? No, <laughs> no, I'm moving away from the blowjobs. <laughs> Is the weirdly placed, like, goes on too long uh, and also taking place at the same time as a royal threesome uh, lesbian scene still in there? Because that felt really weird. All of the all the sexy parts are in there. They just don't show genitals, like, touching, like... Connecting with either other genitals or mouths. So that was meant to be taking place at the same time as this, uh, as the. Uh, I, Joe, we'll watch so... it. We'll watch it. We'll sit down and watch it together. No, I don't want to watch it. I'll hold your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, too late. Uh, you know what this needs? Do you guys ever watch pop up video on VH1? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to do a pop up video of Caligula so. Joe doesn't get lost on all the blowjob scenes and when they were shot. This one was added in post, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. This oh, one was shot on God. 16 millimeter in Bob Guccione's garage. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably happened. Which probably well, happened. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Uh, what about the production worked for you? You go ahead. I've got, I mean, I got, I got stuff to say, but I'll let you think. Uh, a lot of the movies that we cover have really, really boring st- stationary camera work. And these cameras were all over the fucking they place. Were, there was and a, I was excited for there it. There was a lot of interesting camera movement. I will give you that. Uh, there was not a point where I felt where I felt bored because of what the camera itself was right. doing. Just the blowjobs. Yeah, just the yeah. oversaturation of blowjobs, but... Um, well, I mean, le- there is an inconsistency of camera work, obviously, because, you know, right. Tinto Brass and his crew shot a bunch, and then Guccione and his crew shot a bunch, Yep, and they don't match. The lighting doesn't match. That's I think true. it was actually different film stock. Like, I, yeah. I really believe that there's two different film spot- stocks and speeds going on because it is jarring when it cuts that to would s- explain. saturated mm-hmm. and diffused sex scenes intercut with really vibrant like the 35 millimeter close-ups and you know half shots of malcolm mcdowell supposedly watching what's going on right and here here's i'm so impressed by the editing of this movie like whatever poor italian dude got stuck in the editing room for like a year and a half editing 
I don't know how many cuts this movie together. I mean, think about you have probably, let's say, an hour 45 or two hours of actual good narrative. And then you have to go in and splice all of these penetration and porn scenes in between, but still make it flow. The movie doesn't work, but God bless the guy that actually did that job, man. That was crazy. I mean, you know that Fair. Bob Guccione's leaning over top of him, breathing in his ear the whole time. That's got to be the most uncomfortable thing. But I, I agree with you. Like, even even the porn bits that are cut in, in the quote-unquote uncut version, do move somewhat smoothly, or as smoothly as they can. I'm lying. I, mean, They're I wanna <laughs> <laughs> I kinda wanna say that like I wonder if more, you know, footage of film was shot than Titanic, you know? Titanic mm. took track mm. of how many feet of film they actually use, and so did uh There Will Be Blood, you know, PTA always bragged about how many feet of film he shot. We don't know how many feet of film are shot for this, but I guarantee you is a hell of a lot more. What a what a what a dick measuring contest it's that is. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is locked away in the pent or was locked away in the penthouse vault. Before the cum flood. Before the cum flood washed it away. Um penthouse doesn't exist anymore, right? Uh, sure it it may be an online only entity at this yeah, point. Probably. I, I genuinely don't know. Fantastic. What else about the production work for you? I want to talk about really fast. You sure. go back to your camera movements because that is something I find really fascinating. Uh, you know, Tinto Brass does a lot of erotic comedies and erotic pictures up until like the, the mid to late nineties. He was still doing this stuff. This probably was his biggest budget to ever work with. And you can tell that he was really wanting to like, you know, show his cojones and his nalgas on this one. He's like, I'm going to do everything I can to make this production look good. And when you think about the set design, how the sets are so grand, but they're also like we were talking about theatrical and stage crap. They're, they're not meant to be shot three dimensionally. You're not meant to like go no. in and, you know, shoot the opposite direction. You can only shoot face forward like a stage. So how he compensates for that is you could call it soap opera cinematography where you're really just moving the camera along with the actors as it's like sweeping up and down these set pieces. But then when it adds in all those crazy zooms and pans, it makes me feel like I'm watching a Robert Altman movie. <laughs> if you go back and you watch Nashville, I was if you just go back and watch Nashville. MASH, like homeboy just likes to zoom on whatever the fuck, whenever he feels like <laughs> for no particular reason, like, in Nashville, there's so many scenes where, you know, maybe Keith Carradine's talking and then he just zooms in on Lily Tomlin for no fucking reason and then just zooms back <laughs> yeah. out. He does. This is what Tinto Brass is doing in this film, except this film has got stuff to look at. Right. There's so much stuff going on. It's not just following the actor. You're going to follow Malcolm McDowell with your camera zoom and pan, and then you're going to stop on a lady with her legs spread and, like, a little person fanning her vagina with a feather. Like, yeah helpful it, it it literally is uh, uh like a shooting gallery of okay where are we gonna stop the camera bing you get a vagina shot okay we're gonna follow malcolm mcdowell up the stairs and bing there's a blowjob like yep it's pretty cool well you're going to have that when he has like eight different camera guys all shooting at the same time you're going to have those designated, you know, to stay on the the principal actors and then you're going to have those that are just like i don't know is it looking interesting just like zoom in and out on it which brings us to the zoom in and out 
story. <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the commentary with Malcolm McDowell, he's talking about how they're um, gathered around one of the monitors watching dailies, and it's like him and him and Helen Mirren and um, John. How do you say his last name? Gilgood. Gilgood. Yeah. And they're just looking into this gray abyss, not sure, like, what? Maybe he was, like, really out of focus. Like, what are we looking at? And the camera slowly zooms out so you can see what's actually going on. And John Gilgood leans over to Helen Mirren, and he's like, Helen, I believe that's your asshole. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is, like, okay, but also kind of impressive that the camera guy was able to get in there. (laughs) <laughs> it's a little disconcerting he was yeah. able to get in there. That's it's a lot of practice. <laughs> it's like these are the guys that film the Super Bowl. They're like, get right. these guys that shoot the Super Bowl out. We're going to do a lot of live play action camera yeah. work here. <laughs> well, you see, Mr. Madden, we've we've installed these new wire cameras. They'll get right up into the action. You'll be able to see directly overhead down to the snap. See, when they first tested this out on the set of Caligula, you see, and got it just right up some assholes. And you'll see... Oh, <laughs> You want to wind that back, buddy? What was that last part? <laughs> no, no, John, don't Tinto worry about it. Brass, Tinto Brass innovated that little little uh, pen and stylus method that John Madden does to circle his plays. Except he's like, okay, now we're going to go to this erect penis, and then we're going to shoot over on here, and we've got a 69 going. All right, and let's go, Amber. If you watch Ambrate. trajectory of the come this way. Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty sad come shot. Um <laughs> I was embarrassed for him, as was Malcolm McDowell. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, you know what? I believe that. Yeah. And, Antonio, have you watched any of Tinto Brass's other films? Because I have not. Nor have I. Yeah, I, I actually have. Now, when I said that he does like erotic comedies, this is a guy that does very kind of like whimsical, um, very playful. Like the the music is almost like circus or carnival music. The men are usually kind of portly with like rosy cheeks. It, it looks like a Mexican soap opera, okay, but with soft core, with soft core pornography. He doesn't really do a lot of hardcore. Like he'll show a penis erect. He'll show maybe a lady going for it. But for him, it's the erotica that draws you into whatever his art supposedly is. And I, I've never really had the opportunity to like sit through an entire film mm-hmm. because. I get bored and it's hard to, I get bored in porn. I think a lot of people do. That's why people like watch 30 seconds and then move on to something else. <laughs> but yeah, he, this is very unlike most of the stuff I've seen of his. Most of okay. his stuff is whimsical and comical. And I feel in the vibe and the energy, especially like when you see McDowell do his really theatrical and funny moments, that's Tinto Brass's style. Okay. I think when the film tries to get serious is when we kind of lose it. Because that's just not his style. That's my opinion. So yeah, so where like like uh, McDowell doing his little dance as uh, in the rain, screaming about uh, his attempted assassination is more brass, whereas uh, the uh, most of the most of the fuck boat scene is probably uh, is probably uh, not Guccione. Yeah. Probably Guccione. I would I would agree with that. And it's his little boots dance. Come on, man. He's little, yes. little boots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into what didn't work uh, with the casting. I mean, I would say that it's very obvious that most of the people that had speaking lines that weren't the main cast were probably amateurs, day players, maybe local theater people. Like, it is very obvious that they are not 
caliber actors. And they're also speaking English when they're not English speakers because they're going to be dubbed later. And that's obvious. It takes away from the, the, the credibility of the, of the film. But again, like at, there's a point in this movie where you just have to let all that go or else you're going to have a torturous time watching this. You know, you're going to, you can't go into this film picking everything apart right from the beginning. You just have to watch it and then go back and pick it apart later because it can be excruciating picking out all of the, the flaws that are so evident. This is one of those movies that I, I was there more for the experience of it. Just kind of like letting the entire thing wash over me like a river of cum <laughs> and ignoring the things that don't work. Um, yeah, this is somehow stickier. <laughs> look, <laughs> uh, like the, the actress who played Drusilla, the first time I watched it, I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to her. Um, she is a weaker actress. I can't tell if she was dubbed or not. Uh, she was. I, I would say, I think there were at least points where she was dubbed. I wasn't sure if it was the entire time, uh, but they, she was also not the first person cast in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You had mentioned that. Uh, Maria Schneider was originally cast in the part of Drusilla and dropped out uh, for uncomfortable reasons. Right. Because I think. Well, were... yeah, she was she had already done Last Tango in Paris mm-hmm. with Brando. Yep. Where there's very controversial sex scenes in that. And she was literally trying to get away from that. And that's why. When she found out what this film really was, like she even shot a few days mm-hmm. and then saw what they were trying to do. And she's like, nope, not doing it. Yeah, no, I, I respect that. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Because uh, given what what the movie turned out to be, uh, she would have been miserable. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Helen Mirren was in every single scene she, she was in. genuinely looked like she wanted to be anywhere else throughout the vast majority of, of this film. Well, she was dragged into it by McDowell. Oh, was she? Yeah. Um, they were buds. I forget what they had worked on prior to this. Uh, maybe uh, Lucky they made Man? a movie called If Together and a Lucky Man. Yeah, they've done a few if. of those together. Okay. Uh, and he he convinced her to join up because he's like, I'm, I'm gonna be lonely and I need a bud on set. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Fred. Much like we've dragged you into talking about Caligula, he dragged her <laughs> into being in Caligula. <laughs> I'm having a good time though. Yeah, she does not look like she's having a good we're not time. Put, she's not we're, having a good time. We're not putting a camera lens up your ass crack. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I'm not that great at pulling focus. Uh, <laughs> any any of the other performers specifically not work? Claudius, I felt like Really? I could have liked him. I don't know. Like, I, he's I, silly. He's silly. He, he's, he is silly. Like, there were moments where I was like, this guy's kind of fun. And then other times, but then he like, he just doesn't do like anything. But I like that. Cause then you have the payoff of, oh, Caligula's dead. Get Give his, it to him. his long live Claudius. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? Give it to this fucking guy. What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's no. like, he's like, uh, what's that guy's name who played Otho in Beetlejuice? He's kind of like the <laughs> Otho of this movie. You know? <laughs> All right. You know what? No, I retract what I, I retract my, my, uh, my issue then. No, I, I loved Otho, I... so I can't complain about this. <laughs> I really dig uh, Macro at the very beginning. I like his really? style. I like his energy. He has like a real kind of like Timothy Dalton presence He's a little there i can see that yeah, dalton-esque and no wonder he has to go to the the head lawnmower wall <laughs> yeah 
or as I like to call it, that whole wall and that whole thing reminds me of like a boss you would have to fight in a Final Fantasy game, yes. you know? Yes, yeah. Where it's like, it's going to come towards you with spinning blades. You have to like, 1,000 HP, hit X repeatedly, and then it'll go back a little bit, you know, if you don't hit it X repeatedly, but... No, when the blades yeah. start to light up, you have to hit those to dissipate the energy, and then uh, otherwise it's really going to fuck you up with a big attack. I would definitely right. play We're this We're not nerds, RPG. by the way. Yes. <laughs> Caligula by Squaresoft. You never play Squaresoft. <laughs> God damn you, that was my joke. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and then it makes its way into Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I would pay good money to play the Caligula planet in Kingdom no, Hearts. No, I, I draw the line. Donald and Goofy get <laughs> in on this action. Come on. I do not want to see the, the fuck boat fight. <laughs> Oh, God, moving on. Holy shit. <laughs> Hold on. Um, I don't know if this specifically falls into themes, but I do want to set aside a place to talk about the real sex in this movie. Yeah, because there was there was actually unsimulated, like, actual, right, yeah, yeah, actual yeah. sex taking place in some scenes. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go on a limb and say that the porno in this did not work. No. Yeah. <laughs> not that I think... But I'm not. I'm. I'm not against. Like, let's say I sat down with Corvidal and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna do this movie. It's Caligula. We're gonna have actual sex in it." I'm like, "Okay, I'm not out at that point." It's when he brings in the gooch that I am. Yes. Um, you had to call him the gooch. <laughs> it's right there. I was at least expecting that to wait. You would wait until part two to bring in the gooch. But, well, it yeah. was scripted for part two. I couldn't wait. Fair. Um, <laughs> you just got excited. Yeah. The gooch. Um, but I, I wanted to, your opinions on real sex and specifically this movie I, we could get into much longer conversations with others i mean well insofar as we're talking about like the porn and whatnot like so like i wa i watched this with becca and yeah. <laughs> both of us were just like bewildered by just how unsexy yeah. it was and we felt watching it and i though I, I i did i did keep having to like make like look behind me and double check and make sure the blinds were pulled because <laughs> right. our tv faces out onto a street where children live listen antonio saw when he was 12 so so you know fair <laughs> And I'm fine, guys. <laughs> oh. oh, God! It, it it it's like it, it's it's astounding, like because of how how big and over the top they go with it, mm -hmm. and how much of it there is. It's like it's both it's both like somehow boring and overwhelming all at the same time. This specifically of the sex, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It. And I don't, and well, there, there are even times where, like, I feel like they, like they, they, they like the way they approach the sex fucks up the narrative in some ways. It's like often, the, yeah. The it's especially whenever it comes to the fuck boat to the like, the giant brothel that he sets up with the senators' wives. Like they're being conscripted into this, yeah. And some of them, and like all of them, honestly, seem like they're way too into it. Like, they're just like yeah. way too eager to be like, "All right, sure, for the you know, for the good of Rome, let's let's <laughs> give me that cock." Right. But like, why why would anyone have that reaction? It's like I just got I just got conscripted yeah. into into sex work. Like that's weird. No, I didn't sign up for this. I just married this jag. But here's the thing, they kind of allude to that earlier on, like there actually might be a clever moment in writing 
when he is first looking at Helen Mirren and Drizella says, oh, well, she's divorced from a senator and she's the most promiscuous woman in town. And now that she's divorced from him, she can fulfill all of her sexual desires. That's why you shouldn't marry her. So it makes it kind of, to me, lead to that moment where he's like, you remember what my sister said about these senator wives being whores? That's what we'll do. I, can, I actually recognize a moment that they wrote earlier, and I put those two together. So I didn't think it was too out of the ordinary. <laughs> Plus, those se- those all the senators are jags. Like, yeah, the senators are jags, sure. And and, and did you and, see the hogs on some of these guys? It's like, <laughs> oh, trust me, I saw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering but they did were you just look? Like, <laughs> did you really look? I had no choice, Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree that like yeah they did kind of plant the seed for that kind of for that kind of line of thought. It's still fucked up though because he is kind of just extrapolating yeah. like she's like this. I bet they're all like this. Well, yeah, the guy was known for his rational decisions. <laughs> sure, yeah, it is definitely an example of like maybe this guy's not all together. But let me here's let my me... opinion on this sex really yes. fast. Um, please. We we talk about that not being sexy. It's because it's not narrative or performative sex. It's all provocative. It's all for provocation. It's meant to elicit a response in the viewer instead of being a part of the story. It's not like the struggling actor wandering into the casting agent's office and like, I need a job. Oh, well, how about you take off your pants? I'm invested in that story, 100%. You gave me, you gave me a conflict. You gave me a resolution, and I can leave happy. But this is just performative, provocative sex that's just there to be there. There's no real lead up to what it is. In the words of Dirk Diggler and Jackie Treehorn, (laughs) it's just not sexy. And it's not. There's no story behind it. It's just there as like a set piece that the gooch really just put in there to kind of like, I don't know if it was to intentionally fuck up Tinto Brass's movie, because that's what kind of feels like. I want your opinion. Does this kind of feel like he Ooh. wanted just to like sink the Titanic? You think this He's was a like, sabotage job? It was. I feel hmm. that it was a sabotage job in the sense of like, okay, I don't like this movie that Tinto Brass made. I don't think it's going to make me any money. So I'm going to put a bunch of dicks in it and I'm going to play it as the most provocative mainstream film ever made. And people will line up to go see it, which they did until everyone kind of spread the word that it's not that great. Yeah. But I feel that it was a sink the boat situation, in my honest opinion. Hmm. Here's the, the Gooch try to sink the fuck boat. So he, he, the Gooch, brought in, I think it was like 13 penthouse models for the um, the bath yeah, scene. It's an unlucky number of models right there. Yeah, he, that was his mistake. Just one too many. One too many. <laughs> one, or one too one few. Too few. Yeah. yeah. Uh, always 16. 16 is the number of penthouse models you want. Uh, but he brought those in for the um, the bathing scene with Tiberius. Oh, okay. Because the crew had got just normal looking people off the street to be in that scene. They were still naked. They just weren't, you know, models. You can kind of tell. Right. I think once that happened and once Tinto Brass kind of they started arguing and Bob Guccione saw that he was not going to get his way. I think maybe he did. And then this was, you know, the movie was already done 
but Tinto Brass's movie was already done when this porno was added. Right. Yeah. This is all in post. McDowell had referred to it as a betrayal, after yeah. feeling like the feeling like a betrayal because of what they finally saw, because they had no idea that he had gone back and done any of that. So I don't. I feel like Bob Guccione is too much of a narcissist to think that that they they would go and fuck up a movie. I think he saw this as his movie, mm-hmm. not Tinto Brass's, and tried to fix it. And his understanding of what is sexy is uh, vile. So he's a he's a perverted Harvey Wait. No, Harvey, no, that, no, that didn't work. He's a perverted John Peter. Wait, hold on. No, this is seeing a trend among you're, producers here. Yeah, you're reaching, man. You're reaching. <laughs> Those guys never did anything wrong, right? <laughs> well, God damn. but also, also, you know, Guccione had invested in successful movies. Like he was a producer on Chinatown. The Longest Yard and Day of the Locust that were all critically and commercially successful. So I feel that he had, in his opinion, enough cred, street cred, business cred, to say, okay, I can make something now that's a little bit more provocative. Everyone knows that I can make real mainstream movies. Now watch what else I can do. Like, <laughs> So I do agree with the, the uh, narcissist and the egotistical mindset the guy has to think that he can make a mainstream porn but also it's like where i get conflicted is the quality like no one thinks that any of that stuff is good or any of it is sexy it really just seems like it was thrown together half-handedly which doesn't seem to track with a guy who seems to be so concerned about quality with all the other things he's working on yeah it's odd two thoughts one Knowing that he invested in those other movies makes Gore Vidal trusting him make way more sense. Agreed. Correct. Because, uh, like, Gore, why would you go to this guy to fund your your movie script? <laughs> but if he'd, he'd done those other movies, that makes more sense. Uh, the second thought is the only way to really tell if he, he bombed this movie intentionally is to go back to 1978 and watch one of his actual pornos and see if that porn – Matches up with the porn that's in Caligula. Hmm. Have you have you done that homework, Jack? Not yet. <laughs> 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 well, I'll, I'll uh, to be continued, uh, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Season three, second unit. Yeah. The the the, the Gooch. <laughs> we'll do. We'll watch some Atinto Brass's funny porn and then we'll <laughs> watch some of the Gooch's <laughs> actual porn. Oh, um, boy. What, what about the story didn't work for you? I think it got, it got so, like, chopped up that it was hard to, like, really give a damn about any of it. Like, it felt too disjointed. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I feel like that's more on the editing Gooch side than the... Sure, but I mean it's affecting the presentation of that oh, narrative. Right. You know, it's it's well, and also there's like a failed attempt to like humanize Caligula after Drizella dies. You know, because he's already a wacko, and then the the moment, let's say the save the cat moment of her dying and him going out in the streets and being in like this weird depression when he ends up in like the little leper camp, and you feel like maybe this will be 
a way to understand how he sees the common man and can relate. Like you really kind of get the feeling it's going to go that direction. It doesn't. He becomes, I mean, he becomes ultra maniacal because yeah, he has faced like trauma and tragedy and depression and everyone's like really trying to kill him. It's not easy being Caligula. That's understandable. And I think that McDowell's performance tries to reflect that. I think that he really tries to make that connection with the audience, but the movie doesn't back him up. And so that's why it does just seem like a sloppy mess of scene after scene after scene. And that's why I say there is a good movie in here somewhere. Like if you did put little pieces of performances together and, and really look at the nuance of that character, even though it's not like there's no redemption. And of course it's going to end in tragedy as films like this do, but we don't care. We don't care. Now, one thing I will give it though is that it has a very awesome score. It's got an amazing yeah. I score. will I will give it that. The music does slap. And it does help a lot with the scenes where you are supposed to have an emotional connection, if not with Caligula, with like another character, whether it's Drusella. Most of the time it's Drusella. Drusella gets her own score. She gets her own music piece. And I think that's very charming. And it's actually my favorite one. But um other than that, yeah, I, the, the story is just too too all over the place for you to really care, but there is a story in there, is the point. Like, he, yes, he is mentally unstable, but there are reasons why he does the things that he does, and we don't see that most of the time. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, he's crazy. He's doing things because he's crazy. The degree of which he is reacting is what makes him unstable. But him going after the senators after Drusilla dies, that makes sense to me. They always were against him. And him. What I, what I would have liked to have seen was more of his time with Tiberius when he was maybe even a little younger. Okay. Because Tiberius tortured the shit out of him. Mm. I would have liked to have seen how popular he was with the people. Yeah, you don't really see a whole lot of him just interacting with Romans. Yeah, like with the normal everyday Romans, he was very popular for the first um, like year until, you know, he started to overspend and do other kooky things. Kooky um, is the word for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, they fucked up the ending. Did they? Um, the, the way that Caligula was assassinated is... He doesn't oh. just say scrotum and then gets smacked yeah. upside the head with a sword. I, I did kind of like that part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, like it, the way it happened is already cinematic, and they kind of went the other way with it. That's uh, weird. So in in real life, again, assuming this all actually happened, um, he had they had wrapped up some one of the games, you know, one of the whatever fights, and his advisors were taking him back to the palace in like a tunnel underground. Um, and they stop when they hear like an angelic choir of boys off in like one of the other tunnels. And when they pause, that's when they decide to stab him to death. In the midst of an angelic choir of boys yeah. in a secret tunnel? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> um, it, while also simultaneously stabbing, um, I forget Helmiron's character's name. Cassonia. Cassonia. Cassonia and bashing his child's head off of a wall a step 
Yeah, I was say they kind of <laughs> traded that for a step. Yeah, but that, that like I guess they they did that, but. We like, Becca and I saw that coming. Like, oh no, they're go- they're absolutely yeah. gonna, and then they spike it down. And we're like, right. oh yeah, that turned into a cabbage patch doll pretty quickly. Okay, right, <laughs> right. Like, very obviously fake kid here. Okay, here we go. Uh, like you, you had this perfectly good actual thing that happened, and you didn't do. Okay, scrotum it is. <laughs> <laughs> scrotum it is. <laughs> uh, any last thoughts on Caligula? What worked, what didn't work. Becca really liked the way that he just celebrated his horse. Yeah. (laughs) Good. (laughs) He did love that horse. He did love that horse. I mean, the last movie that y'all talked about with me on your show was... um... Oh, what movie was it? Why am I drawing a blank? For the grower not shower or for the no, on your, no, on this on show, your show, this show. Heaven's um, Gate? Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about Heaven's Gate where yeah. horses are just blown up. Literally. Really <laughs> nilly. Yeah, it was so, great. <laughs> so it was nice to see a horse get affection in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> just I know I know you didn't enjoy that part, Jack. <laughs> a, a horse will never be in my bed unless it's just the head. <laughs> and it's a warning from the dawn. <laughs> Just imagine you waking up in the, in the midst of that Godfather scenario yeah, and be like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Get free candy. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I was confused. Um, maybe misunderstood the message I was supposed to get. <laughs> uh, the dog got me a present. <laughs> fuck that horse. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Hey, I can't wait to have you back. For the second part of this, which will happen <laughs> in, in, later, like right now, in but... right now, <laughs> but let's end this episode by uh, hearing a little bit about, about yourself and your podcast. All right. Well, my podcast is the Cult Worthy Cinema Podcast, of which you have both been guests. We did the Growers Not Showers episode, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. A lot of people I, seem to I, like it. I love that episode. That was so, that was a great time. <laughs> And then we also have the Cultworthy Classic, which I think you've done twice or no, just the once. once. You did Joe. Yeah, we did Joe. Yeah, you did Joe. <laughs> and then and then uh, and then we were on your uh, your original show uh, previously to do the Adventures of Baron, Baron Munchausen, Munchausen and, and yeah. Sound uh, of Thunder. Sound of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of Thunder. God damn that movie. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was it. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, those are my main shows, and I also have a third show that yes. is not a cinema podcast called The Milf and Me, where my friend Diana, who is a 41-year-old MILF, jumps on and talks about her dating life and how it sucks in conservative Utah, and we are both very liberal, and I just sit there and listen to it. <laughs> That's pretty much how that show goes. My God. A lot of fun, a lot of spicy chat. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd for my movie reviews, Facebook, Twitter under The Cult Worthy, and my website, thecultworthy.com. Hell yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where where can they find us, Joe? Uh, I think they know where they can find us, but wherever you listen to podcasts, please rate and review, as a, as we asked earlier. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Pod, Instagram and TikTok at DRazzled underscore podcast, or Facebook at DRazzled podcast. Uh, if you have a request for something you'd like to see us cover in season three, uh, please email us at derazzledpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are also taking requests for anything you'd like to see pop up in our Redbubble merch store. Uh, and I think that about covers it. Great. Hey, and, uh, you know, make sure to come back next time where we're sure to... Be sure to razzle-dazzle you. <laughs>
Yep. I didn't say it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's where you were going. You can't. Razzle dazzle. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>